Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie. And it's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another show, another episode here at Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. And as I said, I'm your host, Angie. A um, little bit about myself so you know where I come from if you're a first-time listener. I am an above-knee amputee, and I have been for just over three years. It has been quite a journey. Needless to say, there's been ups, there's been downs, but I would say that there has been more ups than downs since my surgery. And this whole podcast came about because I just had a desire to kind of share my journey while helping others, because I felt that for someone to go through everything I went through since 2013, that I should at least share that for those that are really struggling. And I didn't know they were struggling until you become a part of the community. And when I say community, the amputee community is really big, very strong. And there's so many different things that happen as an amputee through your journey into becoming one, the start of it, the middle of it, and even 20 years into it. And that, that's part of my journey I have not explored yet, obviously. But um, there are so many questions and so many uncertainties. And unless someone has been there, and even if they have, you know, you've got to be able to share your experience to give them some sort of framework or a baseline, even though not any of our journeys are the same, not one of them. And there is, like I say in all, all my podcasts, there is no normal. There is no feeling like normal. There is, is this normal? Those questions should just be thrown out. Um, you may want to ask if it should raise concerns. That's a way of wording it, but there is no such normal as normal. Um, and today, I wanted to ask you all, what is holding you back from living your life? And like I said, I take my podcasts as personal journeys. And so some weeks, it's really easy for me to speak. And other weeks, it's been a pretty simple and easygoing kind of week. And I'm not sure what to share. And so last week was kind of like that. And um, I wasn't quite sure what to share. But this week, um, I noticed something that was kind of pulling at me and I started to kind of think about it, think it through, and decided that I think it was time to share what I believe can really hold someone back from living a good life, a great life, or their best life. And everyone experiences this. doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, how old you are, how young you are. doesn't matter your medical condition. Uh, It doesn't matter your successes in life, financially or relationshiply relationally, (laughs) sorry, Um, we all go through it. And that one major thing is fear, right? We all kind of have a fear in our life. It doesn't matter, um, like I said, any of those 
there's no indicators when it will appear, when you'll experience it. I noticed as an amputee and even actually the years preceding it, um, that fear was a big part of my life. And because of uncertainty, medical uncertainty, um, sometimes it was just based on the fact that I didn't know how a surgery would turn out. Um, even minutely, what if I didn't wake up from a surgery? So usually my fears, it's kind of like flying for me. I'm always very nervous about like if my husband and I fly someplace without my kids, what if, right? We have those what if moments and then you try to kind of just shove them back and not think about them and then everything's good, right? We get through it, but fear can really be, um, um, an inhibitor in what you're trying to accomplish in life. No one wants to fail, but we all have been told timeless, timelessly, oh my gosh, I am struggling with my words today. From time and time again, we've been told that without failure, we don't learn. Um, I was a teacher. I homeschooled my kids and they would get so mad. They were perfectionists, kind of like mom. definitely dad, but we never want to fail. And we surely don't want to see our kids fail. But I would tell them, even though you wanted to do better, you need to figure out what did you learn from this experience? What can you do better next time? We don't grow unless we fall down. We don't grow unless we fail. And we don't grow if there's not going to be some change, right? And with failure and falling down and change, we all experience a certain level of fear. And, you know, like I said, I take everything from my personal journey. So I hope you can stick with me. This week has been an interesting week. And I thought I would share a little bit about the journey I've been on and then kind of delve into what's going on in my head. um, Because I really want people to understand that it it's not uncommon to have these thoughts. Um, it takes a lot for me to talk about them because it's something I'm still learning and trying to grow through failure or grow through um, kind of putting it out there and being real. Um, there's also a fear of being so real that people will make comments. Um, you know, social media can be brutal. And so, um, but I just thought maybe I ought to share. It's nothing major, but it is um, moment-to-moment life-altering for me. So the last couple weeks, uh, well, let's backtrack. <clears throat> the beginning of January, we got um, a new puppy. We had a lab and a chihuahua um, for years. Our lab um, passed away during the pandemic, like right after it hits when we were all kind of almost in total lockdown and, um, left our chihuahua alone. And she thrived. I was surprised by that because she really loved her big girl, big sister. But, um, it took forever for us to convince my husband that getting another dog would be a really good thing for the other one. And sure enough, at Christmas, he kind of broke down. So I think, we could think about it, but it's got to be another small dog. Well, I'm okay with that. I've done the big dog route and love them because I love their presence. Um, big dogs as an amputee, well, even little dogs, but 
can get in the way of one of my biggest falls was actually falling over my lab and landing on my residual limb without a prosthetic on. And that was the most shocking pain I've ever felt. But we did get another chihuahua. She's only five pounds. What I forgot, and I know because I've never experienced this as an amputee, but I remember when we got our other chihuahua, she's 12 years old now, and I just remember going, oh, what did we do? She's like having another baby. And our kids were teenagers, young teenagers or tweeners or whatever. We'd gone through the baby stage, we're out of the baby stage. And all of a sudden now we have another baby. She cried through the night, things like that, trying to make sure she'd get potty trained. That was that was like a good four-week journey of racing in and out the door. Well, what I didn't realize was racing in and out the door as an amputee isn't the same as when I had two legs. So for most of the month of January, you know, my husband works and I'm at home. So I've always taken it upon myself to be the one that does all the baby stuff. And so middle of the night, I didn't sleep because I was worried about her getting up and walking around. And she did a good job staying put. So we didn't cage her or anything. She used to slept with the other dog right by my side of the bed. <laughs> but when it came to first thing in the morning, after no sleep, I would try to use my crutches to quietly, and if you know crutches, that's an oxymoron. There are no quiet crutches. They all have a rattle. They all make the noise. You can hear them coming. There's no sneaking up on anybody in my family when I use my crutches. And so I try to sneak away to put my leg on, which I have in my bathroom because it's got to be plugged in and I need a place that I allege where I can sit to get it started and, and get ready to put it on. And then even by then, it's not an easy, quick task. I don't, so, there'll be some amputees that'll tell you, I just slide it right on. Mine is not going to be that way. It hasn't been that way. It may never be that way. I am a skin fit socket, which means I have to put a bag on my leg, put it out the hole of the valve, pull, 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 pull down until my leg is, you know, inside the socket. Then I put the valve back on and then I kind of wobble around a little bit to get my feel and then I'm off and running. Well, if you're talking about a little tiny puppy with a little tiny bladder, that's a lot of wasted time where she's sitting there going, I got to go and she doesn't know to hold it. So long story short, I did, I think, too quick a put on with my leg. It would hurt. But by the time I started walking in it, my body, you know, our bodies are amazing at creating um, chemicals that flood our body when we feel pain to kind of almost attack the pain and numb it. We have our own little numbing agent. Well, once it's numb, didn't care anymore, didn't readjust it, which I should have. Hindsight, right, is 50-50. Anyways, and I thought, okay, well... um, just keep doing what I'm doing. But then every time I would take my leg off, and if you're an amputee, you might know what I'm talking about, but it may only be skin fit. Um, and I could be wrong. No, I guess you, as a liner, you could probably feel this. If you do something that's called milking, which basically if I didn't get my leg in all the way to the bottom of the cup of the socket, and it was up a little bit and gripping here, We have all that skin that moves every time you walk, right? And so what happens is it kind of milks 
and pulls the skin down with all that suction into the bottom and it swells. Well, then when it swells and you take your leg off at night, you've got this hard lump at the bottom of your residual limb. And I have to tell you, that is really frightening. Um, even though I know medically what is happening, it worries me because I know that if it doesn't subside, my fit the next day will be bad. And then it'll continue. And I'll just it'll just kind of keep feeding that, that monster of change. And your socket isn't changing at all. But if your leg is, then you've got a bad fit. And when you get a bad fit, you deal with sores, bruising, blisters, um, the swelling, um, then it makes it hard to just function, walk, or go out and exercise, or even even just standing and exercising in my room here where I have all my weights and stuff, just standing on it in certain angles can really hurt because you've already bruised it. So that's what I've been dealing with but not so much more than the last couple weeks. Um, it's probably been a good two weeks since I've seen my prosthesis. So two weeks before that, I really was mentally not doing well with the change in the appearance and feel of my residual limb. It's already a change for me not to have a limb, but then to see the limb that's normally really soft and, and gentle and pliable become really hard and swollen and painful is frightening. Because, of course, you first think, okay, infection. And I know it's not an infection, but it still always plays in the back of your mind. And then it's never something that goes away. It's something that I think about every step because it's a part of me every step. So that's where I've been. And it's more of these little nudges, mental fears on how can I make this right? Because I was worried that I was gaining weight because again, with the skin fit, think of a corset that a woman would wear that keeps her body, you know, nice and tight in and everything. Mine is a solid permanent one. If my leg swells, it's not going to fit. If I eat too much and gain weight, it's not going to go in all the way. If I lose too much weight, it's going to slip off when I'm doing stuff. So I literally have a weight range of like maybe four pounds, maybe three pounds up or down, four pounds up or down that I'm allowed to move. Right there, that's it, it, frightening when you think about it. And I had lost a lot of weight at the very beginning and through this and I've been trying to maintain but you know, you go through certain phases. We had travel and the holidays. My, uh, we had visitors, birthdays, big birthdays, um, a new puppy. Life changes, right? And when life changes, your, your routines change, your eating habits change. Even though I don't really eat bad, um, during football season, I may drink an extra beer um, or you know, have those nachos I really, really want, and I know they're not great for me, and the salt will add water weight, and that'll change the way it fits. It's absolutely crazy. So even though I've gone through the big changes of my residual limb and all the different sockets I've been through over the past three years, now I'm at a point where I need to be steady. It was easy to slowly take off that weight and be motivated after I was sitting on my butt for years um, through knee surgeries. And then I get a leg that I can work in 
and now all of a sudden I'm I'm trying to function at that same level to maintain where I'm at. So these last um, few weeks, I have been trying new things. Between my prosthetist and I, we've been talking about what we need to do. He says it may be a, a weight change of a couple pounds more than he than the, your, my socket can handle. So, of course, then I'm worried about weight gain. And then I'm worried about what I eat, how much I'm working out, when I don't work out. Because if you're in a rut, like you know you can be, and I'm in that rut where I'm not go, 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 because I have a puppy. And by the way, let me add in the extra stress that two weeks ago, this puppy broke her femur. Um, You know, you're looking at a five pound chihuahua who has a broken femur. And my stress levels were so high. And of course, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And it was immediate surgery. So she broke it on a Tuesday. By Wednesday afternoon, I had found a surgeon 45 minutes away that we could do it right away. And then I was a wreck that whole day because that little tiny body that was depending on us and we'd only had her for like four weeks. It was so stressful. I felt so bad for her. And then you get her home and they're like, she can't do anything. She can't be running around. She can't. So we got like a baby playpen so I could get dishes or meals prepped. But I literally spent two or three days just letting her lay in my lap and keep calm staples up her whole entire thigh which isn't that long but when you have that many staples going up your body on a small body that's a lot of staples and uh, so that was also I forgot to mention that was a big stressor which then makes it really hard for me to get out and exercise she now is moving about almost too much she's supposed to be calm for about four weeks and it's been two, uh, a week and a half since surgery two weeks since surgery yeah two weeks two weeks yesterday. So, but she still has a few more weeks to make sure that that's healing right. And she's trying to go outside and dart after birds and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm not really doing very good managing her, but then we will get out and do a couple little walks right here in the neighborhood, which if you know me and you've seen anything on my my Instagram page or anything, I'm a hiker and she was getting hiking experience already in her young age. I had her out, we were doing a couple miles that's where I'm usually at. And so I'm not doing what I need to do for my body. And then you're sitting around doing nothing and you know you want to eat, you're hungry, you're bored, but you eat calories and you can't get rid of calories because you're not exercising. So I was, the last couple of weeks, I've been a complete wreck, total mess, trying to get things organized really because I needed this to fit. I love my socket. I love what it's done for me since August. I do not want to get a new socket made. I want to stick with this one. New sockets are great, but they come with their own set of learning curves where you rub different places and have to go through a raw phase sometimes and it might bang a different way. And we've taken a lot of time and care and my prosthetist to get the right kind of fit for what I deal with um, because there is still some nerve pains that I deal with. Anyway, um, I digress because I've got, I could tell you more stories, but that's so you understand how fear can really kind of creep into the little moments, like nothing majorly bad. I'm living an awesome life. I'm living a great life. But again, I'm in a valley and we talk about that a lot on the show, valleys and mountains. I'm not at the peak of my game. I'm not eating my peak. I'm not exercising at my peak. I don't feel at my peak. I'm struggling with my leg. I'm struggling with a pup that's not totally well yet. 
Um, I'm trying to manage my emotion, trying to stay healthy here and here. And for me, sometimes that means throwing all things you would know aside (laughs) and just going for it. And that's kind of what I end up doing. I end up just doing something. So just to give you an idea, two days ago, I was flipping through social media, just checking things out. And you know how social media kind of knows what you like. (laughs) And then they kind of cater to that all the time to do, um, you know, ads and whatever for you. Well, I have uh, one of the things I've really jumped on since getting a prosthetic was virtual races because I could do them at my own time, my own pace and finish them how I needed to finish them. But it gave me a goal and I kind of needed that carrot at the beginning to just learn how to walk, then learn how to run in my running blade and then to learn how to wear a prosthetic no matter what's going on and keeping that going. And so I use virtual races for that. Well, now I'm at, well, virtual races are nice, but I really just hate walking and I'm not really great at running, not yet. And so I like to do challenges and I can do them anywhere, anyway, and they're long-term. They're not like a one 5K, one-time deal. This is do this many miles in this amount of time. Well, the um, Mission 22 um, Ruck sack challenge came to the forefront of my social page (laughs) and I'm like 48 miles in March oh I could do that keeping in mind that at this moment in time I was doubting what my leg was going to feel like that day let alone the next couple days let alone all of March while I'm beating it up and I decided I was going to go for it it's a 48 mile ruck rucksack challenge. I like to do a challenge that holds me accountable when it's for somebody else. So I can do a 5k here and there and I and I do them because I don't like to let myself down. But sometimes you need a little bit more incentive. So like I've done things for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Um, I've also done things for Range of Motion Project and usually fundraising to help others out. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is for children with cancer. Great organization, great people. I have enjoyed doing things for them. Range of Motion Project Global or ROMP um, helps bring prosthetics to people that have no prosthetists in their country, no means to get a prosthetic. I mean, these things are expensive. And, um, and so I love helping them. I did a 2021 challenge with them. So this one is for Mission 22. And if you don't know what it is, um, the statistic is that there are 22 veterans a day that commit suicide. They come back from um, serving and they're just not the same. They get depressed. Their emotions aren't stable. Um, they fight a lot of demons internally and they don't feel worthy of living. And as much as I don't have anybody in my immediate family that's served, my cousins have served. And um, I did lose one cousin um, to suicide a couple years ago. And another one that's just, I know he has his moments where he struggles emotionally and mentally. And it, it changes them, right? And so there is a part of me that it, that's dear to my heart. 
And so I thought, well, you know what? I can suck up pain that's physical like that better than anybody I know. To help someone that's dealing with a pain that's really hard to help people through. And that's the mental game. And I am a very big proponent that the, the brain, the mental game, the emotional game, and the physical game are all tied together. That's why my, my company logo or my company name is Be a Warrior 360 because I would like to help people and be a coach for them for all aspects of their life. It's not about just eating right and working out. You also have to be in the right frame of mind, the good mindset, a good emotional set, um, emotional state to be at your best. And so this is what this program does. They, they raise funds and awareness to help veterans that are really struggling and getting them the support they need so that they can find value in their life again and so that they want to live. I'm like, I'm all in. March is, is the Suicide Awareness Month. Um, I'm not sure if it's all suicide or veteran suicide, but it is March. And thus, that's when the challenge is. So I signed up for that on Tuesday. Um, it led me right into a plethora of rabbit holes of, okay, now let's set up your fundraising page. Let's do this. Let's do this. Get a part of our Facebook group. I did all that. In nine hours, you guys, those of you that listen to me and have watched on Facebook and Instagram, you you guys supported me. My fundraising goal is done and we're not even out of February yet. So I'm going to up it up again and raise more money because they set a, a bare goal of $220 and we hit it. Nine hours, we were done. But then after that, I thought, geez, I wonder what really a rucksack weight is because I figured rucksack challenge was, the challenge was not just the 48 miles, but the weight you'd be carrying. Um, whether that's to symbolize their training sessions as military or symbolize the weight that those veterans feel when they come home so that we can physically feel the weight that they feel uh, responsible for emotionally, mentally, maybe, could be all of it. So as I'm looking, you know, I'm seeing things like, oh, it's usually 10 to 15% of your body weight. And there's, but there's like so many different sites that show different things. So then I went onto the Facebook group and I started seeing people were asking that question. So I wasn't the only one that didn't know. Um, and, and people were saying 48 pounds and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, let me get my backpack that I always hike with. It's heavy. Let me just see how much that weighs. And, uh, I took it in and I'm like, surely this is about 20 pounds. You know, maybe I'll add another 10 to 15, make it heavier. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do 48. Um, that would be almost probably physically impossible for my one leg and a sore leg and a prosthetic. And I don't want to trip and fall with, you know, 50 pounds on my back. And so I went and weighed my bag. It's 10 pounds. Uh, I was thinking it was 20. It felt like 20. It's heavy, but it's only 10 pounds. So I have some adding to do to that. And um, so I got that going for me. But then I did start to kind of, what did you get yourself into? What if you fail? And, And as I speak these things to you, I also am speaking to myself because I thought you've already succeeded because you got over that fear of even contemplating, right? That's kind of like step one, contemplating what you want to to achieve. Then 
to visualize success. So I'm thinking, oh, I, I know I can do 48 miles. That's just over a mile a day. Even if I have to split it up because of a sore leg, sore, you know, the prosthetic not fitting, I can do that. I know I can do that. I will do that. You know, there's, it's not uncommon for me to hike daily and get a couple uh, miles in. So I know I can do it. And I probably will do the hiking because me and pavement, we do not mix. I really, I'm, I really dislike um, treadmills because I feel like a hamster on a wheel. But I've grown to really dislike just walking pavement because I'm competitive. So I want to walk hard and fast and beat my time or beat my, my distance. I always have a goal set. And it hurts to hit the same point every time on a walk on a pavement on the street. And uh, I have found that when you're hiking, every step is totally different because it depends on how rocky it is. And we're very rocky out in this area. So I have no doubt in my mind I can finish it. I'm just worried about the weight now. And so those little things start to creep in, right? But if you noticed, for me to get over fears... I have to start to contemplate. Then I have to start putting in visualization. And then I have to go into um, action. Now, I will tell you that no matter what happens with this March challenge, I've already made a difference in my life. And I've also talked to people that have told me how proud they are of me. There are a bunch of veterans that are on that Facebook group that have already reached out to me and said, that's amazing, you've already won by doing this and accepting the challenge. Um, And it's, for me, the win and the victory and living my best life is the fact that if I can alter someone else's thinking about something to make it more positive, then I'm winning. If I can try something out of my comfort zone, walking isn't, but walking with a weight on my shoulders will be different. I will also gain more physical resilience. I will strengthen my mental game because I will have to reach deep down to, to, to achieve this challenge. And the people I'm already meeting, is in, it's incredible. Like the connections, I love human connections. I think it's, I think it's the best thing we can do for mental stability is to have good human connections. Um, and so all those things have already, as I'm going through the next couple, these last couple days and given a thought to, uh Oh, what I do. And I start talking to myself about these things internally. And now that I'm expressing them to you, I am already seeing the excitement building me, the fact that I'm doing something great for myself, I'm helping others in the process in many different ways, and what they don't realize is when they uh, give me a shout-out, a hoorah back, I am then filling my bucket up, and it's feeling awesome, and it's it's this cycle. I mean, if you're going to get addicted to anything, get addicted to this feeling of success and excitement and challenges and overcoming challenges, overcoming what people think you can or cannot do. Um, There is nothing more rewarding than that. So if you're in a place 
and you're sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, I wish I could do that. You can. And that's one of the main reasons why I do this podcast is because I am one leg down. More than likely you might be, but more than likely you're not. You are probably just in a rut. You might be just getting older. Your body is starting to ache. It doesn't feel the same. You have medical issues. Um, You're down on your luck relationship-wise or financially. But I will tell you that all of those things, umbrella in the fact that they are all valleys that we go through in life, they're all a downward spiral that can totally consume us and take us out of the game of life if we choose to allow that to happen. Or we can decide to rise like the phoenix. We can rise from those ashes and make something great of ourselves for the betterment of us, our family, our friends, and for people that you don't realize are watching you in your journey. It's as plain and simple as that. You have to choose. What is the choice you're going to make? Are you going to choose to succumb to fear and the, and the stressors that fear bring with it, that change brings with it, the challenges that are, you're up against bring with it? Or are you going to rise up? Are you going to change the way you're thinking? Are you going to do what you need to do to better yourself so that you can live your best life? And this is why I say, are you ready to unleash the warrior within you? Because you can't listen to my podcast and not walk away with a call to action, something to work on for the next week to work on yourself and not bring out the best, the warrior, the fighter in you. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to decide it's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to say no more. It's time for you to say, I can do this and nothing's going to let you back down. I'm not going to let you back down. I want you to succeed because it would be selfish of me to keep everything I'm learning about what has fueled me to to do what I do, to succeed the way I feel like I have succeeded in my life beyond the wildest dreams I could have dreamt and, and against what some doctors told me when I went and told them I thought I was ready for amputation. I had a medical professional in an esteemed institute tell me I would never walk again. Needless to say, he said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the amputation. I wouldn't do that. You're going better off the way you were. If you could see the way I was, not only was I physically deformed and disabled, my emotions were horrible. Like I hated myself. I didn't like who I'd become. I was trying my hardest not to show it because I had a family to raise. And through all this, I was homeschooling my kids. They were my biggest cheerleaders. My husband was my biggest support system. My mental game. That was the silent thing that was happening. That Because, right, the mental game is what's happening internally. That if we're good at smiling and saying, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. No one knows but you what's really happening inside of you. And if that mental game becomes too strong and you don't know how to get the help you need, it can destroy you. Plain and simple. If you can't 
speak about it, talk about it, or release it somehow, it will destroy you. The demons that come out in people's heads, some people I, I could never imagine. But when I was told I would never walk again, and I was still in the deciding phase of this whole journey, uh, that was tough. Uh, I really struggled with someone who I would have normally said, well, they must know something I don't know, right? They're a medical professional. No. Nope. I proved him wrong. Not only do I walk, I run, I ski, I hike, I surf, I do anything I want to do. I'm still looking for other challenges to show that I can do this and this and this and this. And I will continue to keep searching because I'm not afraid to fail. Yes, there are fears when I go to do something, but I'm not afraid to fail because that just gives me fuel to work harder. And when I work harder, I start to feel better about myself. My physical appearance is getting stronger. I'm losing the weight, so I feel better about my body and the body I'm in. I'm emotionally happier because I love a good challenge. And mentally, I'm on top of the world. So failing is a good thing. Change is a really good thing. Falling down, scuffing up your knees, or in my case, knee, is a good thing. And you just have to be able to grapple with that enough to say, if I keep going forward, there's going to be an amazing reward for me intrinsically, right? Internally. It's sometimes we have to have the extrinsic, right? Like my medals. I love my medals. They're hidden in my closet hanging, but I go in there every once in a while when I need that boost of confidence that says, look what you've accomplished since you became an amputee. Look what you can go. Look where you can go and do it. So I say this to you. I always end my episodes with a call to action. And I'm very passionate about this. And I really hope those of you that listen, you listen through the whole podcast to hear this. But my call to action this week is find something that you fear. Find something in your life that's your roadblock. Find a challenge and it truly does not to be as big as a 48-mile rucksack challenge that I've grown over three years to get to. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on my stair step. So if you're just starting out, you're on the first step. And that's okay. That's where I started. I was back there going, I just want to walk to my mailbox. I just want to put my leg on and have it on all day and not be in so much pain, right? So small, baby steps. But I have climbed... 50 steps. So I'm in a different place after three years of challenges. Start where you're at. Meet yourself where you are at. What's the thing that's going to challenge you? And when you get there and you do it, you rejoice for yourself. You don't need to make major gains. And I struggle with that because I am very competitive. And sometimes I wish that I could be that Paralympian, right? I'm like, I know I could do it. I know I could do it. But really, that's not where God is calling me to be right now. I am a wife. I'm a mom. Those are my first important roles in this world right now. So what can I do? I can speak to you. 
and I can tell you my journey. I can tell you where the pitfalls were for me if it helps you understand it better for yourself. And when my goal ultimately is to get everybody to feel the way I've been able to feel through amputation, through hard hardships, challenges, struggles, failing, then I'm doing what I need to do right now in this, in this part of my life. So challenging you today, your call to action for the next week is pick something out that is your, that's blocking you. What is it that you're fearful of? And it is time to get over it. It is time to push past it. Knock down that wall of fear and move forward. Challenge yourself. Love yourself for where you're at and tell yourself this is just the first step. I'm going to do great things. I deserve to do great things. I deserve to feel better. I feel I deserve to look better. I deserve to, you know, live a better life. Whatever your best life or your better life looks like for you at this phase in your life, take that. Okay. For me, several years ago, it was I need to I need to feel better about myself, my my external body, and so I started working out, and I started doing the things I needed to do. And now that I've got that, I have to start working on other aspects of me, other roadblocks in my life, whether it's a mental or an emotional one, maybe it's a physical one. Right now, I'm not really working out the way I want to. It's a roadblock. I need to pick up, you know, pick myself up by the bootstraps and get moving. So I want you to be thinking about that this week. I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. I want you to know that you are worth it, that fear is something that should drive you to be excellent and to um, make great gains in your life. I'm here for you. I want the best for you. I want you to live your best life. So until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.